0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible-carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, we're back. This is election week, and now there are several kinds of listeners to this podcast. This, this is actually uh, probably, some... this
1: is, you. people may be listening to this while they're waiting in line to vote.
0: I know. There, so there, there, are definitely those uh, type A preachers who are listening to us on Monday or Tuesday to get a jump on their sermon for Sunday, and then there are some of you who are listening to this on Friday, like in a panic, or maybe on Saturday, mm-hmm. and you know what happened. That's or when at least I listen you know more than the people who listened on. Yeah. So whether you're an, an early bird or a late person who's uh, looking for the leftovers of the worms that the early bird got. Um, You could be in a very different mental, you know, headspace. So listeners, we don't, we're not going to talk too much about politics on this, but just know that we're aware Mm. and know that whatever you're doing in the pulpit on Sunday, uh, we're all gonna be feeling it. We're all gonna be feeling like, what do we say about the election? And I can't even tell you right now, obviously, what the result is gonna be or where they will know the results, because we're recording this way back in October.
1: I got a funny story about that. So we um, we do we do a hybrid model currently, and uh, we uh, shoot our Sunday service on Thursdays as of right now, but that's changing. It's gonna all go back to one. Uh, by Christ the King Sunday, but uh, we've been shooting on Thursday. And so anyway, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when she died, she died on a Friday or maybe a Thursday evening after we had recorded. And so that Sunday, um, uh, you know, we didn't say anything. And uh, I got so many emails talking about how, like, I knew you were conservative, but at least you could have prayed for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and then, you know, and we had to respond to everybody. And then uh, when Donald Trump got COVID, he got COVID on a Friday. And so we didn't, we prayed for him in person, but we didn't pray uh, for, uh, you know, it didn't appear on that Sunday live stream. And I got so many emails from people that were like, I knew you were we a liberal. We know you're liberal, but you could at least <laughs> pray for the
0: president.
1: Yeah. So anyway. We have don't, each one begin with a,
0: like... This is a non-partisan broadcast recorded on Thursday. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> so anyway, we can't see the future. So and neither can we right now. But we are hopeful, and uh, as we said last week, you have a—you already have a king who reigns eternally. So anyway, that's right. And so and you know that Twitter is going to be full of people like,
0: if your preacher doesn't change their sermon to address blah blah. And I get that. I get that
1: elections can have pastoral consequences and a uh, need to address the you know, But just. To, I'm with Sarah. <laughs> Jake, Con- I'm with Sarah Condon on that one, dude. Leave us alone. Uh, our lives are really hard, and uh, the last thing I need is some uh, y- like third-string yokel on Twitter telling me what <laughs> I need to preach. And so, like, I mean, so if that's your instinct. Don't do that. Yeah, that's right.
0: How- I'd like to see you get in the pulpit. All right. So enough of this venting of all of our clerical problems. Uh, we are here to give you. The gospel message to preach, whether you preach Old Testament, Epistle, or Gospel, on Sunday, November eighth, the Sunday after All Saints Day. This is like the twenty millionth Sunday after Pentecost. We're in that. We're in the home stretch here. We can see Advent. Advent, she's coming. But we're not quite there yet. So we have some. We're finishing kind of the Moses narrative. We're we're with Paul and the Romans, and uh, we're gonna get a, a wonderfully spicy parable from Jesus in Matthew twenty five who's at the end of his life, by the way, in mm. that passage. So uh, let's jump in here, Jake. Uh, Joshua 24, 1 through 3a, skipping then to fourteen twenty-five through 25. Uh, this is the end uh, of the book of Joshua, and it's sort of the end of this whole thing of Moses, that the, his journey beginning with the Israelites getting them out of Egypt, and now they're about to get in the Promised Land. And so here we find them. What are they doing, Jake.
1: Well, there they are, and essentially, um, In Shechem. They, yeah, they're in Shechem, and uh, and they're about to enjoy a shmir And uh, so, <laughs> that but, like uh, you're um, like a
0: Jewish Scottish person there, a little bit <laughs> with the the rolling of the Rs.
1: A shmir with some shwarma. <laughs> so, but uh, um, the uh, they're there, and uh, basically, this is a renewal of vows. They're having a renewal of vows ceremony. And uh, they are coming in and the vow is is that they're... Because God has done so much for them. If you look at Joshua, he is going ahead of them and he is consuming all of the obstacles that stand in their way to get to the promised land. And, um, and God is being faithful to him, And so here is a moment where they are going to renew their vow. But it begins with, if you will, this renewal of a, of a vow begins with a preamble. Because, see, when we tend to do vows, we tend to place ourselves as the protagonist in the story. And this is where Israel's going to miss the mark. We tend to think that um, it's about what we do first. And so, but Joshua gives like a bit of a preamble to this uh, vow. He begins by telling them, uh, but before you do anything, let me say, long ago in a galaxy, no, 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 not a galaxy far away, but long ago, your ancestor, Terah, and his sons, Abraham and Nahor, uh, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. And then I took your father, Abram, from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. So basically, uh, this is the beginning. I am the one who's done this. I'm the one who's brought you this far. And it began with your uh, father, Abraham, who believed me. And because he believed me, that was credited to him as righteousness. Um, Because he believed me, even though he was a total jerk on so many levels, Mm -hmm. he was enabled to serve me in sincerity and faithfulness. And this is the way... So your connection to Abraham believing what he believes, a God who justifies the ungodly, is going to make everything here good, possible.
0: Yeah, and you know, what's interesting, so this is, this is a renewal of the covenant, a renewal of a vow, as, is, as you said, the suzerain vassal treaty that was common in the ancient Near East. Where you have the preamble, and then this is stuff we'll do, and this is the stuff you'll do, and if we don't, this is the penalty. So that's definitely all happening. But what's also interesting is it's it's kind of also... It's it's as if you had a a wedding, you were married, and at your renewal of your vows, you were sort of also asked, like, do you want to continue in this marriage? It's yeah, like both that's things. Good. It's like it's like when we got married is for twenty years, and now the we've reached the 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 end of the the first term, <laughs> and now we decide whether we want to renew
1: the contract, um, and so. And I think it's amazing that God would even want to do that. He'd like, if I was God, I'd be like, you people kind of suck. Yeah. The and performance so record ready. is not good.
0: It's not good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they're not coming off of a winning season here. So the, uh, they, they basically, Josh, what's amazing is that Joshua has to say, look, God has done all this stuff for you all the way back to Genesis 12. When he makes this promise to Abraham, we're about to see the fulfillment of this promise. And he's going to so – you've because ha- God said, I would give you uh, offspring, you know, more than this number of people in the – the stars in the sky, and I'll give you land, and, uh, and I'll give – and that will be a blessing to the whole world. And so, we've got the people. Now, you're about to get the land. So, this is about to happen. And Joshua basically says, now – you realize you're gonna to have to really, for real, stop worshiping other idols. So it's not like they've been married for 20 years and then they're asking, "Do you want to continue in this marriage?" It's like you've been married for 20 years and they've been constantly stepping out. Like, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, they got some, they got something on the side here. They're texting somebody. They're, they got a little, because he says. Uh, that, in verse 14 now therefore revere the Lord serve him in sincerity and faithfulness put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt so it's like going way 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 back it's like basically I know you've still been hitting the bottle now I mean it now you really you have to throw away the one that you hid in the tank of the toilet you have to get rid of the one in your glove compartment and we also have to the one that we know that's taped under the dresser like all these things you really have to do a thorough cleaning out of all the stuff
1: and uh, and the people are like, oh, yeah, no, we, we to- we're we on board 100%. I, I love it. I love it how they say it here. It's just kind of like, really? Far it be could, it from far us. Far be it. Of I course would, not. No way. It's almost you know, like they got caught and they feel guilty. Like, oh, I'm shocked. It, it's totally. It's like the alcoholic. You know, you're yeah. like, dude, you're, you're drinking a little too much. Like, let's, no, who are you to say? You know what I mean? It's like this addiction. My job is very is stressful. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. We have only one God. He looks like a calf. But you know but uh Oh wait, no, different one. Yeah, so (laughs) But they uh, say therefore we will serve. But we're moving to something here uh that everybody usually gets excited um about, especially when they're hearing the gospel really preached and they want to lamp onto this uh final paragraph. So but uh what happens in the final paragraph here there, Aaron?
0: Well, uh, they, I mean, they, they promise, like they double down, like we will serve the Lord. And even they're warned, like if you forsake him, it's not going to be good. He's going to do you harm. Like, no, we'll serve the Lord. And, um, and Joshua he, says your witness your against
1: is, yourselves yeah, that you've like, chosen the Lord okay, to serve
0: him. All right. Sign right so, here. Like if, if you, if you default on the loan here, we will repossess the BMW. And so,
1: uh, he says, what put they, away the what, foreign gods. Yeah, I mean, and he's like, we are Witten. They confirm it too, and then put away the foreign gods. And then, um, uh, you know, and here's the thing um, like, they should have heard in that preamble about Abraham Mm. oh, we can't do it. They should have dropped to their knees yeah. and repented of all of the foreign. See what they do is they're like, far be it from us that we yeah. should forsake the Lord. No, no, we're not. No, they should have been like, we have, and we continue to do so, and we are so sorry. Um, we are like, you know, uh, you know, have mercy on me, O Lord. You know, uh, spare me in your loving kindness. Remember that covenant that you established with our forefather, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, um, but instead they've placed this as witnesses against themselves on themselves. They have not entered into the mercy. They've decided to remain in the law. And so, uh, and this is the thing. And so here we go. Uh, Choose the Lord God, you know, choose this day whom you will serve. You know?
0: Right, and people, Christians love to use this verse as like a, um, you know, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, and choose this day who you'll serve. And yeah, that can be an effective and motivating word to people, but it willpower only goes so far. So, you know, if all those men who went to Promise Keeper rallies really did what they said they were going to do, we would be living in a different America right now. Like, um, If everybody kept their New Year's resolutions, we would all have six-pack abs and be uh, unanxious people. If everybody was able to to keep their vows, you know, lawyers would be out of business. So all these things, uh, we can look all around as the evidence that, like, making a resolution doesn't work. Samuel Johnson, the famous English writer, biographer, etc., he uh he was famous in his diaries like at one point in his twenties he was like i resolved to get up at 6am and pray and start my day and then a few years later i was like i resolved to get up no later than 8 and then near the end of his <laughs> life he was saying i resolved to get out of bed before noon like it just like this is how it goes with people and so this is not supposed to be an example to us about how we should make promises to be good and make resolutions and uh, all that. This is this should be a, a, a reminder to us to ask God for mercy and ask God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Um, That's right. Because, because
1: it didn't work exactly. for Israel, and it doesn't work it for us. It didn't work enough. for Israel. Israel, um, you read the next book, Judges, it's a mess. You read the next book, uh, the, the history of Samuel, the Sam, book of Samuels, it's a mess. You read uh, Kings and Chronicles, a total mess. And as a matter of fact, uh, judgment does come, and yep. God does consume them. He uses um, Assyria and Babylon as his instruments of judgment. Uh, they go into captivity, um, And uh, but God is faithful to us. This is, this is how you point and preach the gospel in this text. God is faithful to us. To you, because he continued to work through that those people uh, to bring about and fulfill the covenant he made with Abraham by bringing about his son Jesus, a new Israel that was faithful to Yahweh and uh, faithful all the way to death for you and me, so that you and I now might be reckoned to be a part of that tribe and uh, and uh, rest in his faithfulness for us. Yep, and you know
0: liturgically, the way we demonstrate the proper response to the law, is when we have the summary of the law at the beginning of our right 1 service, where we say what Jesus says, and was included in the readings recently, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And in mm-hmm. our liturgy, when you say that in the old prayer book, the response of the congregation is not what they say in Joshua. We will do it. We will worship the Lord and serve him only. The response is, Lord, have mercy. Cause that's yeah, the and also the, law.
1: the wonderful prayer of humble access. Mm. You know, it's uh, we do not presume to come to this your table because we basically did it. You know, we chose you, Lord, mm. but uh, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your uh, great and manifold mercies. Um, and uh, yeah, and so it is. It is there, and it is evident in our liturgies. I love to insert those things and write too as well. And um, you know, there it nice. is. So. Are you listening, Um, Bishop Fitchy? Okay. No, (laughs) doubt. First,
0: Thessalonians. Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, uh, this Greek uh, region. And these are some of the earliest books in the New Testament. And Paul was writing to them about this question about the death of Christians, something that still Mm. happens today, but was sort of a surprise to them because they thought because of Jesus' work on the cross... They rightly thought. He was thought definitely coming back. They, well, they rightly thought, yeah, that he was coming back and that we would have eternal life because he said we would have eternal life and that he would come back. But then he didn't come back right away and they were like, wait, we started to, some of us are dying and what's happening to them when they die? And so he reminds them of a couple of things. The first thing he says, it's okay to grieve and it's okay to have hope. Uh, there are some who, when somebody dies, they have no hope. They are only in the grief and there's some christians that say well you gotta have hope because we know we have eternal life so this isn't really a big deal i'm fine i'm fine i'm he's in a better place i'm fine and they sort of short circuit grief and to put on a happy face and put a spiritual veneer on that and he's saying no the christian way is to yes grieve and yes have hope do both Amen. things you know like uh ally love on peloton says when she's about to make you do a really hard thing she says all right we're gonna do this what's your answer yes or yes See, this is this is what Paul is saying. Yes, you grieve, and yes, you have hope, and that's a very honest and very Christian way to approach right? death.
1: Yeah, I love Allie Love. She's really a she's a great Peloton coach, Allie Miss Love, um, and a Christian. And yeah. so, but uh, um, um, yeah, and uh, I think that uh, and that is a big question, you know, and that's a question everybody's. I love the fact that you pointed out that we uh, can grieve um, at a funeral and we should grieve. I think that there are two approaches to the world. Uh, the first is, is that I'm um, kind of um, that, uh, you know, all is meaningless sort of thing. So stiff upper lip it or stiff upper lip it and everything's happy. You know yeah. what I mean? And we should celebration of life and sunrise, sunsets and things like that. And uh, Paul is saying, no, 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 no. It's in, when someone dies, it is OK to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Uh, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Through Jesus Christ, God will bring with the, with him those who have died. Now, this passage is oftentimes used to kind of teach a thing called the rapture. And um, and uh, that's, you know, in kind of this idea of, you know, middle places and, you know, uh, sec- second and third comings. And, and it's not there. Uh, what, what Paul is speaking about here is the very end of the age. Um, not when we go to heaven, but when uh, Jesus comes to us. Do you want to say a little bit about that, Aaron? Uh, Are you saying the rapture doesn't happen? (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. So, yeah, the the standard Christian view on the afterlife that most of us have gotten, it's more from, like, Brother Bear. You know that Disney movie where, like, you go become a (laughs) constellation? Or a ghost. Right. So it's either, like, we continue to exist somehow in this plane as some sort of disembodied spirit, or we go up into the sky and we're up there. the the christian view is what you have in thessalonians here is that if you die you wait and then you will be raised as it says in verse 16 the dead in christ will rise first Mm -hmm. Uh, those who are alive who not yet died get to be with jesus uh and we all get to be with jesus those who have already died and are resurrected like Christ to be with him, and those who are alive and just sort of skip that death part, um, physical death. And so, uh, now, this is, there's some mystery here, because in other places, Paul says "I'd ra- to the Philippians, I'd rather depart, now die, and be with Christ. So, there is some sense in which we are with Christ when we die. But they're they're also based on Thessalonians. Seems to be this intermediate phase where we wait, and then we are bodily raised from the dead, like Jesus. How those two things fit together, I don't know. The Catholics worked out a thing called purgatory. We don't have that option uh, for us it's awful. in the Anglican tradition. Read your 39 articles if you're uh, listening, my Anglo-Catholic brothers and sisters. I'm just kidding. I say it in love. We don't know. If there's a mystery there, we we'll we can leave it at that. We just don't even go there. But what we what we have here is Paul getting to to focus on the main thing is that uh we will be with the Lord forever and encourage each other with these words and that that's eternal right. life is secured for us because of Jesus's death and resurrection. Uh and and it's it's a done deal. So that's the point. We can grieve and we can have hope. That's what
1: First Thessalonians is about. Yeah. You know, and that's right. Perfect. Okay. I, I'm gonna leave it there. I was gonna talk about soul sleep and get into all of that, but yeah. uh I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wasn't going to do no. it, but I have some thoughts on Soul I was like, Sleep. wait, that
0: wasn't... We didn't talk about that, Jake.
1: Okay, so... Soul Sleep and Dream Catchers. Ooh. DM me. So, mm. anyway, but I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> so, this is the episode that marks when Jake
1: is going to start his own podcast. Yeah, right. and my own religion. That's right. So, but... Uh, <laughs> All right, Jake. Jakeyanity, brother Jake.
0: Now we into Matthew twenty-five, which is Jesus telling this parable about ten bridesmaids. Which, by the way, as you and I can attest, when we got when we started our ministries, usually there were like three, four, five bridesmaids and five groomsmen, or mm-hmm. you know, per. Per wedding, but I feel like these days there's been major inflation. It's like twelve on each side. It seems like it's like let's get two. Those dozen are those tenants.
1: are pre-COVID. Those are pre-COVID. That's numbers. right. Not now anymore. Not just, anymore. Yeah. But
0: anyways, there's ten bridesmaids and they in, in ancient. So ten bridesmaids. They're waiting for the bridegroom because the idea was after the ceremony you go to this party and they're waiting to meet him and the party will continue the reception. So that it's at night. So they're waiting with these lamps. These would have been little oil lamps. Think about you know, Aladdin, the genie in the lamp. And, and so they've got oil in the lamps, they've got wicks, and they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and so the, the, you know, the oil can burn out. And so what happens is that, Jesus says, there's five foolish bridesmaids, five wise bridesmaids, and the foolish ones uh, take their lamps, but they didn't bring a backup uh, thing of oil. They didn't bring a, ba- a spare battery charger for their iPhones when they went uh, to wait for him um, because they thought he'd come quickly. Now, as we begin this story, we now think that this is like an Aesop's fable. Like this is some sort of goofus and gallant situation. Like there's good Uh ones and there's bad ones. And so we begin to get into this moralistic framework. But
1: it's wrong.
0: Why is it wrong? Mm -hmm. Verse 5, because they all became drowsy and slept. All of them uh, couldn't stay awake. None of them could do the thing that Jesus at the end of the story says to do, stay awake. So yeah, we begin to realize this isn't your typical morality tale. It gets a little bit complex. And so, but if you're still holding on to the morality tale, like maybe the wise ones are really the good guys in the story, how do they treat the
1: foolish ones, Jake? Well, they uh, send them packing, you know. They'd, yeah, <laughs> they treat they them like, they're
0: like jerks. Yeah,
1: There's no Christian charity right here. They send them packing. They say, you know, uh, the f- foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. And the wise replied, no. You know, th- there won't be enough for us. Go get your own. Go to the dealers, not knowing, not thinking, oh, it's midnight and they may be closed. And I don't think they offer oil at Seven Eleven. So, but, uh, you know, go buy some for yourselves. And so the foolish ones, uh, while they went in to buy it, the bridegroom crame. and uh, those who were ready, so, I mean, they, jerks, 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 but they were ready. Uh, they went in with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. And uh, the foolish ones show up and uh, they don't get into the party. And so the issue here though is is not like make sure that your oil is, you got enough oil in your tank. That's not the meaning of the parable. The meaning of the parable here is that the foolish bridemaids clearly didn't know the bridegroom and his generosity and his kindness and his mercy and so and because they didn't know him they took off and took matters into their own hands and went to go get oil themselves as opposed to saying to knowing that the bridegroom would have been like hey it's cool this is a heavenly wedding banquet that's going on for eternity and uh we just happen to have plenty of oil for you
0: yeah i mean so the point of this story people is that all the bridesmaids are terrible the ones that the world would call foolish and the ones that the world would call wise wise because the foolish ones don't they didn't bring extra oil the wise ones were terrible because they didn't share their oil they were all terrible because they all fell asleep they couldn't stay awake for the bridegroom um and the the again the point is the the reason the wise ones get into the party is not because they had enough oil. The reason the wise ones get in is because they stuck around. Uh, they they believed they believed in this God who justifies the ungodly. Right, because again, he's coming all back their to get for him. all their oil ran out. Like they all had to get up and like try to refill and restart. Like all the lamps were out. All the bridesmaids were asleep. Um, and the only difference here is that the quote-unquote wise ones, who we know weren't wise, and they were also morally pretty suspect, because they were mean, they didn't know how to share, like kindergarten 101 lesson, they, uh, the only thing that they did right was stick around. The thing that the bridegroom, or the the foolish ones did was bad, is that they left, as Jake, you said, you know, they tried to fix this problem on their own, and and if, the, if you knew Jesus at all, if you knew the bridegroom at all, which is who this person is, um, you would know that you could he could give you oil he could take care of it he could he could say hey you guys without the extra oil you pair up with the ones that have some oil and maybe you can walk together and like you know share the flashlight or, or something
1: I'm just going to give you tons of oil yeah well, here you go I mean it's it's literally they wanted to show up to that wedding party and be like far be it that we you know like oh like yeah these look we have plenty jobs. of oil we have we have oil we've got plenty of it see we've been really good and uh man and Jesus is like dude I don't know you. I don't know you. Um and uh you know, uh but this he says to all of us without oil in our lamps who've fallen asleep, but are just standing around because we know that there's a God who justifies the ungodly in Jesus. Uh well that's that's the God I'm gonna stay awake for. Yeah. You know, that's that's the God I am waiting right now through COVID. That's the God I'm waiting right now through a screwed up political system. That's uh the uh that's the God I'm waiting on as I'm sitting through corruption. That's the God I'm waiting for to come back. Um I don't know the day or the hour and neither do you. But because Jesus is risen and Jesus is ascended and promised to come back, I believe and so do you with all your heart. He's coming to get you and he's going to get you.
0: Coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Na no, 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 I'm with you
1: spitting out lyrics there's some so. sort of rap
0: i, I do not even remember who said that's, it. anyways that's a house the,
1: of pain baby there you go there you go thank you very much come uh, on jump around jump
0: around that's right <laughs> the best irish rapping group
1: from uh, boston sort of they weren't really irish ever. Ever. Uh, they weren't even from boston i'm just trying i know california so anyway
0: <sighs> i know it's uh, a very small to Wella sound i think so. i think that's. is this is all we got that's i think it's probably yeah. where we should end it We it's house kind of ended pain. yeah but uh, yeah, preach the gospel, people. We told you uh, where to find it in these passages and stick to it, and you can't go wrong. Uh, may God bless you in your ministry and uh, give remember, the goods away. Do it. Preach it. All right.
1: Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody